Hey, Boker Tov. <clears throat> Today's daf, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Nun Gimel in Sukkah. Again, we learn for Forshlam for Yosef Azriel Ben Chayim Michal. <clears throat> the second line on the page. The Mishnah said that the Hasidim, the pious ones, and the Anshe uh, Maisa, the men of good deeds, uh, they used to dance at the Simchas Beis Shoeva, and they danced with torches in their hands, uh, which means, as we'll see, they juggled. And they would say um, uh, they would say words of song and tushpachot, praise. What do we mean by praise? So the Gemara says right away. Some of those, some people, some of those who are juggling there and singing praises said, "Happy is our youth." And happy when we were young, we are, our, our youth can be happy. Our own time when we were young, that we didn't embarrass our when we were older. In other words, when we were young, people are more apt to do, to commit sins and to be uh, act with levity. Happy was our youth that didn't embarrass our old age. In other words, in our old age, we're not embarrassed by what we did when we were young. Elu Hasidim, those are the pious people, of Anshe Maisa and the men of good deeds. Vyeshme and some of those dancing there said, Ashrei Ziknusenu, happy is our, is our old age, Shekipres Yaldusenu, because in our old age, we atone for, our, for the sins of our youth. Elu Balei those are the people who are, who are, who are penitent, Bali Chuba, people who were Choser Bichuba, when they were young, they weren't so good. When they were older, they, you know, happy are we when we were older that we atone for it. Elu Elu. Now, this is all, Rashi says, these are the Tushba, these are the praises that we sang. In other words, we're grateful for those who, those who didn't sin when they were young, they're grateful that their youth did not embarrass their old age. And the ones who weren't so good when they were young are happy that in their old age they were able to atone. Elu Elu, both of them say, Omrim, Asher Mishalochata, happy is the one who has never sinned, Umishachata, and if he did sin, Yashuv can repent, Vimcholo, and I'll be, and he will be forgiven. Tanya, Omrlav al Hilazak and Hilazak, and you say, Kshahiya Samech, the Simchas Beisheshev, and Hilazakin rejoiced at the Simchas Beisheshev, at this great Simcha that they did, as we'll see, they did that every night of Cholamoy. Uh, this is what he said. Different ways to interpret this. We go with Rashi. Rashi says he's speaking, so to speak, in, that God is speaking in the first person. If I'm here, I call Khan. In other words, where I, God, am, that's where everything is. In any kind, if I'm not here, Mikan, what's the point? There's nothing here if, God, if God's not there. This is what he used to say. The place that I love, Sham Raglai that's where my feet take me. In other words, we want to be in a place where God is. If God is in that place, that's where we want to be. Makum Shani Oiv Sham is like again, it's in first person that Hashem is saying that. Meaning, if you come, if you people come to my house, Rabban Shalom is saying to my house, like to the base of Migdosh or wherever I am, I'll come to your house. If you don't come to recognize me in my home, in the base of Migdash, I won't come to you. Wherever I mention my name, in other words, wherever I mention my name, I will come to you and bless you. So again, if you come to me, I will come to you. That's what, that, was all, that was what Hillel used to say. Another thing that Hillel used to say, this is what he said at the Sinfos Beis of Shreva. 
Another thing that he said, and this is brought down, this is a famous mission in Perkei also, Afu Ra Gogolas Achas he saw a skull, a decapitated skull floating in the water. Amar Law, Al why are why were you drowned, so to speak? Why were you drowned? Because you drowned somebody else. Like Hashem said, he's like saying, everything is, uh, you must have murdered somebody, so you too were murdered. And those that murdered you will also get get theirs, be, be murdered. Now, if he was a murderer and got what he deserved, why should the people who killed him be uh, also be punished? They were doing justice. The answer is that's only if it was if he was if he had a din misa in the bezdin. If he was sentenced to death and somebody carried it out, the executioner or somebody else took care of being the executioner, that would be okay. But that's not. Our, but you just can't go around doing justice on your own. That's why Hashem pays it back. People could say, "Listen, if the uh, if uh, Hitler wasn't meant to kill all of us, then uh, you know it's all menashemayim, right? So why is it his fault? He was just executing God's judgment. The answer is that God carries it out through who, those who He wants to be punished. In other words, God has a system that uh, this one's punished for this and this one's punished for that, even though he the second one might be carrying out what God wanted them to do." I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said in a similar vein to what we said before, that Hashem said, says, a person's feet, they're responsible for him. They take responsibility in what sense? That the place where he is wanted, they take him. In other words, a person even unbeknownst to him, he's doing it inadvertently, but Hashem has it all planned out. The 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 uh, a person let's say was we'll see a person who's supposed to meet his maker at a certain place, but how is he going to get there? His feet are going to take him there. So a person's feet are responsible to take him to the place where he is wanted. Hanu tells a story. Hanu There were two. This could be translated as dark people. Rashi says these are beautiful people. Maybe that's the same thing of Isha Kushis by Moshe, right? A, uh, you know, a, a dark-skinned person who was uh, very good-looking, very handsome. So you had these two handsome men. They served Shlomo Melech. What were their names? Eli Charaf It's based on it's a pasuk in, in Melachim. Eli Charaf Achia Bnei Shisha. These two uh, brothers, the sons of Shisha, so from the Shlomo Havu. The, uh, uh, so they were uh, scribes in Shlomo's court. One day, Shlomo Melech, who had vision, he could hear. You know, he, he could hear the, the the leaves of the trees speaking and the plants and everything. And as we'll see, he he uh, ruled over the the demons as well. He saw the Malach Amavus one day. David Kotzev, he saw the Malach Amavus and said, Amalei Amaytivus, he said to the Malach Amavus, Why you said, Amalei, the Kabami, no, Yohani Tartikashoi, I'm supposed to uh, kill these two guys, these two Kushoam who work for you, the Yasve Hacha, and I'm not able to. I'm not able to, apparently. I can't, I can't uh, get to them. Now, the story, the way the story reads, the way Rashi explains it is, so Masrinul, the Gomorrah goes, Masrinul, the Seerim, so Shlomo was trying to protect them. So he sent them, he gave them over into the, some demons to take them elsewhere. Took them to the place of Luz. Apparently Luz was a place. He says, In other words, he saw, the way Rashi learns, apparently the story was that Malach Mavis is trying to get these two guys. So, so uh, Shalom HaMelech took them and he wanted to hide them. So he gave them to, these, uh, to the demons and he said, and he took them to Luz because Luz is a place where the Malach Mavis is not Sholeh. When they got to Luz, when they got to that place, they died. Right? So in other words, 
Shlomo was trying to protect them, but the answer is, is that when God has a plan, that's the plan. He, when he tried to protect them, Mitaka went to the place where he was able to get them, even though the Malachim of us is not normally shalate, does not normally rule there. The next day, Shlomo saw the Malachim of us. David Kabadachi was laughing. Why are you laughing? The place that uh, that they were that the Borminoi that they were that I was asked to kill them in Luz, Taman should listen, you sent them over there. In other words, I the reason I was sad was because they were, let's say, in Yerushalayim, and I wasn't allowed to kill them there. And you were trying to save them. You sent them to the right place. In other words, I didn't he, without even knowing, maybe maybe uh, he didn't know where they were sent, but when they showed up in Luz, he was able to get them. So there, Miad Pasach Shlomo, then Shlomo started to say, Omar, oh, you see, Raguli Debar Inish, the same saying that we said before that Rabbi Yochan said, uh, the, a man's feet, Inun Arvenbe, they're responsible for him, they take him to that place, they take him, they bring him to Latar, to the place of where, where the where the person is wanted. The Marshall learns the story. Yeah, pardon. Didn't say, Veloz, that, that what? That what? Ula I lose Shema Elishana? Yeah, it's a Pasuk and Chumr, in Brachus. Yeah, yeah. Right, so wasn't that the, 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 the Makam Amikdash? You said that was the, the. That was the Makam Amikdash there. Ah, ah, from Betel. Ah, the Bab Betel. Maybe that's right. Maybe that. You know, Betel was originally called Luz. Right, right, right. Yeah, that could be. That, that, that if that's the same Luz, right? If that's the same Luz, maybe that's why you're right. But it says that by Betel, right? The Makam Amikdash and Ulai Luz Shami Elishana. So maybe they ran there, yeah. If he says Lemechuzah Deluz, maybe that's what it is. He says Ir Sheim Malchem Avashel, but Rashi doesn't call it Beis Hamikdash. But you're right. Maybe that's the area where the Beis Hamikdash was. Which one it is? But the Shlomish calls it. Right, right. It could be that's the same one. It could be the same one. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So he sent them over there. But at the end, the Malchem Avas got them over there. The end. In any case, the Malchem Avas got them there. The Marshal learns the story differently. He learns that. uh, that for some reason the Malachamavus was trying to get them, uh, he, that the Malachamavus didn't want to kill them there. Uh, he says he didn't want to kill them, so he wanted to save them. In other words, he said that the Malachamavus himself didn't really want to kill them there. That's what Marshal learns. And if he had known that the Malachamavus was sad because he wouldn't he wasn't able to kill them. He wouldn't have sent them over there. In other words, the Malachamavus, if he would understand that the Malachamavus was not able to kill them where they were, so he wouldn't have sent them away. He just saw that the Malchim Avos, Shlomo Melch saw that the Malchim Avos was unhappy. Uh, he was unhappy, he wasn't able to get them. So Shlomo Melch says, oh, wait, Rashi says, okay, um, I better send them away. You know, he's trying to get them over here. If he would have understood, the, the, the Marshal says that Shlomo thought that the Malchim Avos was sad, right? Because he didn't want to kill them. And, and and he didn't want to kill them against Luchulatzilam, and therefore he sent them to list to save them. But he had he known that uh, he was there because he wasn't able to kill them, he wouldn't have sent them over there. All right, this, he lives it slightly differently. But the idea is the same: that a person where he's wanted, knows he's supposed to die in a certain spot. That's what's going to happen to him. And Shlomo Melech, the way Rashi learns, fell into that trap. He thought that the Malchus was going to get them here, so he sent them away. But that's Taka where he's supposed to kill them in Luz. Tanya, I'm a love when he was rejoicing at the Shemana because he would take eight torches, you know, like we see like jugglers and shall or of shall or eight torches of fire. He would throw them up and take one. They know because was no, they didn't touch one another. Like we see jugglers with uh, fire, with fire torches. When he bowed down, no he took he stuck his two thumbs of his hands in the ground. 
the shochan, he bowed over, he touched the ground. I see this as sort of like a, um, a push-up that a person does, but only with his thumbs. Vizokif, and he'd be straight. Then he would straighten up. Very difficult to stand up. Right, Rashlan's, I mean, to us, it doesn't sound that difficult if it's really like a push-up. In other words, his body didn't touch the ground. He just bent over, put his thumbs in the ground, and bent straight without, without his, his uh, body touching the ground. That's called kidah, as we'll see, right? And uh, he would do that. Nobody else. And that's called kidah, right? That's what it's called, kidah. And Rashi explains that uh, in his time, at the time of Shimon Gamliel, there were nobody else was able to do that. He was able to accomplish that feat. Nobody else was able to do it. And he demonstrated that great feat of Kida. Levi, Levi was a, uh, a person at that time also. He was a person that not at the time of Shimon Gamliel, but later he was a, uh, like at the time of Rebbe, so he was like a Tana. And he became lame. And he got dislocated, dislocated his hip or something of that sort when he tried this. That's why he became lame. A person shouldn't complain toward God with complaints to God. A person did that, and he became lame because he had complained to God. Who is that lady? The answer is, both things were garment. In other words, since he complained to God, uh, he, was in a, he was in danger, and that's what happens when you're in danger, then bad things can happen. Rashi gives the example of, uh, you know, when the, uh, when the ox is on the ground, sharpen your knife. You know, that's the time when, uh, when a person's in danger, then he is paid back for his sin. So all both things are garment. He's complained to heaven, and then when he tried that, that's what happened to him. The gear says, Metalel, he was juggling the de Rebbe. He also juggled in front of Rebbe Betimne Sakini with eight knives, also pretty dangerous. But you see, people can juggle knives, and they catch it by the handle, and, and uh, they're able to do it. That's a special talent. Shmuel, Kamei, um, Shmuel, Kamei, Shvor Malka, Betimnia Mazga. Shmuel danced in front of the King Shavor, this famous thing, Shavor, he was his friend. Rashi says he was the king of uh, Persia. And he danced with eight cups of wine, Mazge Chamra, cups of wine without spilling them. That's, that's pretty hard. Abaya, Kamei, to Rabba. Abaya danced in front of Rabba, juggling for Rabba, Betimnia Bear with eight eggs. I guess they weren't hard-boiled either, right? He, uh, he uh, danced with eight eggs. That was the trick. Otherwise, what's the formula? Some say with four eggs, but it's pretty hard. Tanya Rishu was one of the gatekeepers in the uh, base of Mikdash. And uh, opened the gates. When we danced at the, uh, at the when we rejoiced at the Sinkhus Beis Shoeva, Lo Re'inu Shena Be'inenu. We didn't sleep. We didn't sleep at all. Now, from the Mishnah, the Mishnah had said that when was the basis of Shem Chayv? Matzah Yontavarishon, right? The first night of Chalamoy, the first uh, eve of Chalamoy. So it sounded like maybe it's just one day. But from here, this Gemara, we'll see that it was every night. They did Shem Chayv every night of Chalamoy. Why? Because he said, we, during that time, we never slept. Kate said, why did we not sleep? Shah Rishona, Thomas Shachar, in the morning, in the morning, we brought the Tom of the, of the morning, Misham Lutfila. You see, they davened also as well as as bringing a carbon, Misham the carbon Musaf, then they brought the carbon Musaf, Misham Lutfilas Hamusaf, and then they davened Musaf, Misham the base Hamedrish, then they went to the base Medrish to learn, Misham Lachil, then we ate lunch, which we had uh, we had uh, Sudas uh, uh, Yantib, Misham Lutfilas Mincha, then we davened Mincha, Misham Lutamashabain Arbayim. 
changes the order in the other cases in the morning in the Musaf, the Shacharis and Musaf, they daven after the carbon. Here they daven before the carbon. It could be because there were many carbonas that were brought, and the carbon had to be brought afterwards. So it had to be brought last in the day, so they delayed, and as they daven first, so maybe more carbonas were being brought while they were davening. In any case, then we went to Space Shave, and we already explained that some Space Shave, they danced the whole night. And then when the rooster crowed, they started blowing the shofar and getting ready to start to begin the day with the Tumid. So they were up basically 24 hours. Now, uh, the Gemara says, how could that be? says Gemara in the Dorum, if a person swears, he makes a shvur, I'm not going to sleep for three days straight. Not for 72 hours, I'm not sleeping. Malkin, so you give Malkus because it's impossible. It's impossible, so it's like a shvuah shav. It's like swearing that your wooden table is made out of gold or is made out of uh, stone or whatever. That's a shvuah shav. You give him malchus. If there's Adam that he swore, swore falsely, Adam and Asra, they warned him. You give him malchus. For Yashanat, you can go to sleep right away because the shvuah is meaningless. It's just a shvuah shav. Oh, so that means, but why three days? That's only if it's three days. A person can go 24 hours without sleep. Doctors will tell you that, right? They have to be on call for 36 hours until they, you know, until something bad happens, right? The straight, they have a 36-hour shift. So people are able to stay up 24 hours. That happens, but they can't stay up for 72 hours. It's impossible. So <clears throat> here, therefore, when the cash over here is that it's three days, obviously we're talking about that the Shemchel Space Shoeva also extended for the different nights of Chalamoid. It wasn't just the first night of Chalamoid. It was the other nights as well. So, uh, so the point is, how could they have slept? How could he say that we slept 24 hours, meaning 24 hours day after day during Chalamoy, which means at least, you know, like six nights. How could that be? We didn't have a good sleep. Because we used to, to, you know, we used to fall asleep for a catnap on the other guy's shoulder. We just, you know, dozed off. We didn't have a good night. It doesn't mean he didn't sleep at all. It means he didn't have a good night's sleep. So we said there were 15... They sang, they sang the songs and they danced and they did the shofar on the 15 steps between the Ezra's Israel and their Ezra's Nashim. Amler of Kistalumar He said to one of the rabbis, Davin Masada Gatakmei, he used to arrange and remind them of all the Gatata, the narratives in front of him. What are these 15 steps for, right? Why do they Kenegan me, Amram David? Uh, when David, we said that they said the 15, the Mishnah said that they said they, they stood on the 15 steps. Can I get the Shiramalos? Why did David say Shiramalos 15 times? He had many other Tillam. Why were there 15 Prakam of Shiramalos? When David dug out the pits underneath the Mizbeach, wait a minute, didn't we say before that they were created by God and Sheshishimei Bresha? So we had a machlokus about that. There was another opinion there. No, remember that there was no. The other one opinion was we had before that they were dug out from Sheshish Mebrashis. God, so to speak, had these pits dug out, and the uh, wine and the wine of the water goes all the way down, and unless you unless you trap it, it goes all the way down. Another opinion was no, that there weren't Sheshin over there, there were, that the that it just went down to the ground, and then some of it gathered up in that area between the Kevish and the Mizbeach. Here's another opinion that they were dug out, but that they were dug out by David, not the Sheshin Bereshis. When he dug out those pits, the water in the deep, in the depths, the, the deep water under the ground rose up, it, it floated up, it was going to submerge the whole world. In other words, so much water came up from those pits he dug so far down, and he didn't have, you know, electric drill, drills and things like that, right? He dug so far down that all the water from underneath the ground, from deep inside the earth, came up and was going to submerge the whole world. 
Omer David Chamesh Malos, so he said those special 15 Shiramalos, uh, that's why he said 15 Shiramalos, to keep, the, to, 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 re, to, to submerge the water, that the water should, should recede and go back down. So the Gemara says, So he said to him, Rav Chista said to that rabbi who quoted Rabbi Yochanan, he says, if that's the case, why did he say Shir HaMa'alos? He should have said Shir Hayardos, right? He pushed the water down. He said a tefillah that the water should go back down, should recede. Yardos mi boile. Amalei, ah, hold on, Kresen, so Rav Chista says, now you remind me. You know, you reminded me that the 15 was something with the water, you said it's going down. No, no, no. I realize now. This is what this is the way the story was. This is the way of This is what was said. When he when he dug out the pits, the drainage pipes, kafatoma. Again, the water rose. The deep, the deep rose. Ubalimishdama was going to submerge the whole world. Amr David. So David said, "Listen, what what happened? I hit the hole. Meaning, he so to speak, there was a hole down deep, deep down where the water came up. I've got a." Stop up that hole. How am I going to do that? Uh, he says, Ikidiyada, I'm going to I'm going to take a shard, a shard which will won't float in the water, a shard made out of uh, uh, earthenware, which will sink. But I need to I need to have special powers in it. I want to put God's name on it, and that will if I put God's name on it, that will have the power to sink down, stop up the hole, and the water will recede. So it says, shame. Does anybody know if you're allowed to write the Shem Hashem? Shem verse Achaspa on a shard, finish Daibatom will throw it down into the deep uh right? And and will it will it will rest there and stop up the water. Rashi in the top line here on the base says, We're gonna say Shmuel Farsh, Shamatsu David Al Pnea Nekav. He was like on the on the um on the hole there, Hatom on the hole, because of Moshe Yisham, that that hole was there, Misheshish Yimei Breshis. He dug down till that hole, and that hole was there, Misheshish Yimei Breshis, and he needed to stop it up. So look at the Kamalei meeting. Nobody answered him. He, was, he asked a Shiloh, are you allowed to write Hashem's name on a shard? Throw the shard down. Hashem's name will get wiped out, will get uh, obli- uh, obliterated in the water. Am I allowed to do that? And that's the only way it's going to solve this. Uh, Amr David, nobody answered him. So Amr David called the other, called the other man. Whoever can give an answer, Omer, if you don't answer, Yechnik Megrano should should suffocate. Should should be you know uh, he should be uh, strangled in his, his throat. Meaning he should suffocate. So and as he said, if you can give me an answer and you're res- and you're hesitant, give me an answer and you know an answer, and you don't want to give it, you should die. Nasa Achitofel, Achitofel, who was one of uh, David's rebbies. Said he made a kavachomer to himself. Listen, he says, listen. In a case where there's a sota, what do you do with a sota? You write the whole parsha of of the curses of Yitin Hashem. If you've if you've done this, Yitin Hashem, Lola, etc. Hashem is going to curse you, and this, this is all going to happen if you've really sinned. If you haven't sinned, not fine. It's going to decide that. But to make peace between a husband and his wife, uh, the, that he, he suspects her of adultery. And in order to prove the case, you're allowed to blot out Hashem's name because we take, we write that parish and put it in the water and Hashem's name got blotted out. My name, which is written in holiness, should be obliterated by the water, should be blotted out, right? should be erased in the water. Here to make the whole world's going to be about to be submerged. The whole world's going to be destroyed. It wasn't the flood coming from heavens, it was from below, right, based on what David had done. So, certainly should be allowed to. So, he made this Kalvachomer Omele. So, Rechisofel then said, he made the Kalvachomer. Kalvachomer, you could don for yourself. Remember, Xavier Shavu, you can't make on your own. 
And we had before here in Becca, I think in Lamed Aleph, that also uh, you can't do a Hekesha also, even a Hekesh, the Darshan Hekesh is also. Only, only if you had a Kabbalah from your Rebbe, but a Kabbalah you can make for yourself. He made a Kabbalah for himself, and he said, it's Mutter. So they did that. David did that. Kasev Shem Achasvi wrote name on a shard. B'Shalat threw it into the death, and the water receded. I guess it went down, and that pushed it down also, and then it stopped it up. Venachas Talmud went down, Shitzer Alfegamed, it went down 16,000 Amos. That's how far down the water went down. Kichazer, Venachas Talmud went down so far, Omer Kama, the middle eight, Fei, Mir Tavalma. I don't want it to go that far down because now that there's no water level, there's no, um, uh, you know, water, what's the word? The water, the plane of water, there's a word for it, I can't think of it right now. It's a, you know, the water level is, um, uh, can't think of the word. Uh, there's a word. There's there's a you know the water plain the, where the water is is so far down that the that the earth won't be irrigated properly. The water's too far down. Omar malas. Ah, here's what happened. So now David asked that he said it should go up fifteen thousand. He said fifteen. He did. He said the he said the shiramalas fifteen shiramalas. And then the water rose fifteen thousand amos out of the sixteen thousand. It rose 15,000 amas because he said the Chamesh is right And now you see that David prayed that the water should rise. Shira Malas, he said, Shira Malas, that the water should rise 15 times or 15,000 amas. Look me by Alpha Gemide. Now the water level, right? The water level was now 1,000 amos from the top, from the, from the soil, from the, top, from the top of the soil, from the grass, you know, what we call the top of the ground. So now it was only 1,000 amas. Omer Ula. And, and that would be good. That's a good irrigation level. You see that the thickness of, the, of earth, right, down, because he says below that was, was, uh, was uh, 15,000 amas of water, right? So he'd gone down. He, he, he went the, he'd gone down too far. He raised the water level uh, 15,000 amos. And now the water level was 1,000 amos below the ground. Which means that the thickness of the ground was one thousand amas. Ivan Chazina to Karina Porto. He says, does, "Does that make sense? A thousand amas is pretty long." We see that you can dig sometimes a, 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 a much smaller pit, a much smaller uh, level down. Vadafkemai and water comes out. Amar Vishasha, who misulma the pras. That's not the water level from under the ground. That's the uh, the water level from he calls it like the ladder of pras, meaning it's the tunnels from the Euphrates. The Euphrates is very high, and that uh, puts water out all over the place, all in that whole area even in Eretz Yisrael. So when you dig down a little bit and you get water, you're not reaching the low level of water that people have to dig down. You know, now they have, uh, they're looking for water like they look for oil. They have big drills that go down miles and miles, right? So they're looking for the water from the water level way, way below. But when you get water at a higher level, that's not from the, from the, uh, from the depth, from the deep water, but rather from the uh, r- runoff of the Euphrates and other sources like that. The mission said, and the Kornim stood at the top, at the t- gate at the top, above the 15 steps, and they blew the shofar. Then it says, they blew the shofar once, then they came down to the 10th step. Now, does that mean the 10th step? He says, what does that mean, the 10th step? 10th step from the bottom or the 10th step from the top? They went down five, st- five steps. So now they're 10 steps from the bottom, five steps from the top. They went down 10 steps and they're five steps from the bottom out of the 15. Take it, that's not clear where they stood. But they made Tkiyah there also. Now, they said what happened when they finished all the, the third set of Tkiyahs, they, 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 that was a long, long Tkiyah until they reached the eastern gate of the Azara, 
and they were leaving. And it says over there, oh, you know, our forefathers in the first base of Migdash, they weren't so good, right? They, uh, they stayed, they were looking east with their backs towards the Heichal, and they bowed down to the sun. But we, our eyes are to God. So the Gemara asks this, Gemara takes this, it's really the Mishnah says it, but he's based on the Pusik in, this is based on the Pusik in Yecheskel. He's quoting the Pusik, not the Mishnah. He's quoting the Pusik. The Pusik says, in Yecheskel, Perek, Ches, Pusik, Tezayim, like 25 people were there. Their backs, their backs were towards the Heichal, and their faces were frontwards. And they bowed down to the sun. So if you tell me, we know, we know what the geography is. If it just says, they're facing east, that means they're facing away from the Heichal. Don't I know that their back is towards the Heichal Hashem? If they're walking out of the Azara and they're facing east, obviously the back is towards the Heichal. That's simply how, that's the structure there. What's the Chiddush? Why does he have to tell me that these people who were worshiping Avodah Zorah, not only worship Avodah Zorah, but they shamed the base of Migdash. They, they uh, exposed themselves and they defecated, uh, they defecated like towards the Heichal. So that's a terrible thing that they did and that was how they, that's part of their worship of Avodah Zorah. And, but we are different. We say, we are towards God and our eyes are towards God. How can they repeat? So the other opinion was, Rav Zera, I mean, not Rav Zera, was, uh, Rav Yudah said, They said, no, they didn't just say, like the Tanakhama. Rav Yudah said, they said, we are to God, and to God are our eyes. Well, isn't that a double Lashon? Can, can you really say it a double Lashon? If you say Shema each Pasuk twice, it's like you're saying to two different Chasvchil, to two different deities. Like you're saying Modim Modim. It's like you're, why do you say Modim twice? It's like you're bowing down to God and Chasvchil to another deity as well, to another, to another God. How can you say that? It's also to do that. This is what this, they used to say. The forefathers uh, bow down to the east, to the sun. We are to We bow down to God. And our eyes hope towards God. No, it's not repeating the same thing twice, which would indicate there could be two gods, but rather they said it, just emphasize it by saying that we are we are bowing down to God and our eyes are hoping towards God. So we said before that they were they blew the chauffeur there two like at least twice, maybe three times he said before at the top and then at the tenth step and then at the bottom as they walked towards the eastern gate of the base of Migdash. But now he tells you about the chauffeur blowing, it's really with Chatzotrots, but either way the blasts that were done, Migdash. This mission is brought down also in Erechim, that there was at least twenty one blasts every day. All year round in the base of Megiddo, Shemayim will sleep in all of our Mishmar. Now, there was a minimum was twenty one, the maximum was forty eight, and we'll see when we say twenty one, we mean that you count Tkiya Truotkiya as three. So he says there were at least twenty one and a maximum of forty eight. How? B'chol yom every day, how you show and a regular day was actually twenty one, uh, twenty one Tkiyas by Megiddo. Shalosh Sham, three when they open up the gates. There are seven gates in the base of Megiddo, seven in the Azara. When they open the gates, they blew three. Teisha uh, letam shachar nine at the tamid, uh, the morning tamid v'teisha l'mshabayim and one and nine in the afternoon. So you have three nine and nine. That's twenty one. That's a regular prostate day, a regular day. If there was a day that was also a musaf, 
like Yontif or Shabbos, Uva Musaf and Rosh Chodesh, Hayim Otasha. They would have another nine for that carbon. So it would be nine times three carbonos would be 27, plus three is 30 when they open up the gates. Uva Erev Shabbos, if it was an Erev Shabbos, a regular Erev Shabbos, Hayim and Sheish, there were six more blasts. Shalosh Lahaftalas Amalach. I'll tell people, let's see, it's 12 30, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, stop working, time to go home, come in from the fields, stop working. And three, which just says this is when Shabbos starts, like we have here in Yerushalayim and elsewhere in Eretz they blow the shofar. You hear the, you hear the shofar, or some, you hear the blasts uh, uh, right when it's time to bench lech and uh, to stop working. Afterwards, your Chayef Skila, afterwards, your Machal Shabbos. So on a regular Friday in the course of the year, how many blasts would you have? You'd have three in the morning for Psichas Hashar. Then you have the Tamash Hashach, Tamash Abayim, that's another nine and nine, total of 21, plus six more on a regular Friday to stop working. That would be 27 on a regular Friday. What about Erev Shabbos, what about Erev Shabbos in middle of Sukkot? How many do you have there? There, that's the maximum. Hayushim Avram said you have 48. How? Shalosh and Psichas Shalom, like we said before, three for opening up the gates. Then we have Shalosh Lashara Elyon and Shalshar Tachnan at the Simchas Beis Shoeva, that they blew three at the top, three at the top of the, uh, of, at the top gate above the 15 steps and three at the bottom. He didn't say the one on the steps number 10. That we'll have to deal with in the Gemara. We're leaving that one out for now. Shalosh Lashim three, when they filled up the water, we learned before when they brought the water in from the Shiloach. Through the Shara Maim, they blew three, uh, three, uh, three blasts then. And three when they put the Aravas on the Mizbech. So here you have five times three if you count these. And then you have Teshel Tom Shashachar, Teshel Tom Shabbayim, nine for the morning one, nine for the afternoon Tomit, Vitesh Musafim, Vitesh Musafim. And then you have, right, so so far we, so, so we have nine times three is 27 for the Kabanos. Then you have Shal Shalafto Samhem because it's Friday afternoon, so you have to stop working. Stop working from now, from, and from now on, it's going to be Chayef Skil, it's, it's Shabbos. So you have, uh, for the Karbonus, you have 9 times 3 is 27, 6 more because it's Erev Shabbos to stop working, that's 33, and 15, as we said before, the 3, 3, 3, 3 that they use on on, uh, on, on middle of Sukkot, so you have a total of 48. So this that we counted, so everybody agrees that that's the number of blasts, but how do you count them? Asnisin, the low Rabbi Yomish doesn't go like Yudatanya, He really says it's the same blowing, except he calls the 21 7, because he counts Kia Turut Kia as one, and he counts the 48 as how many? As 16. 16 times 3 is 48. So again, he counts the Kia Turut each time he has Kia Turut, he counts that as one, not as three. So he counts it as 7 and 16. So our Mishnah counts it as 21 and 48, minimum and maximum. That goes like, uh, like, like the Rabbanan. Mike, what's the Machlok? is based on a beautiful server. That's one's called one. Yes, you have to do everybody agrees about that. But the Rabbanan counted as three. My time was three. What's Rabbanan's reasoning? Amar called the Paschus, Uskatem Trua. And you will blow a true. He calls it tkia the same. How do you blow? You blow a true. So tkia and true is one and the same. That's the you have a pshut. true tells you blow tkia, then a true. And the pasta goes on over there. So the tkia at the end also. And that's just tell you how you do a true. You do a true by doing a tkia before and a tkia afterwards. In other words, everybody agrees with how you do it. The question is how do you count it? That's what it's coming for. What's the Rabbanan's reason why they counted as three? When you gather the people together, when Moshe had to speak to them, just do tkia, not trua. If it's one thing, 
If the Kiyot has to go together, it's one thing. How could the how could the Torah tell us just do a Tki and not do a Trua? You're supposed to do only half the mitzvah and, not, and the other half you don't do. That's not a regular mitzvah. That's when you're simply for gathering the troops together and Moshe had to speak to them. Just do a Tki. That's not a regular part of the mitzvah. It's just, a, it's just a sign that it's time now to listen up. I'm going to speak to you now. Rabban and Simon, it's a Simon, Rahman Shavi Mitzvah. The Rabban and Mitzvah, you could have done the Simon by some other way, right? Rabban and Mitzvah, Shemitzav and Hakel, the Simon Zevil, you can't do it by waving a flag or by, you know, uh, having people scream out or whatever or singing, whatever. You do it in this way because Rabban and it's a Mitzvah. And the Mitzvah is, this is part of the Mitzvah, just do the Tkia, not do it true. So you see, it's a separate thing. Yes, you have to be out, say, the 48 or the 21 or whatever the numbers, you still have to do the Tkia, they agree about the Tkia, Tkia, Tkia. But they all they all agree that tkiya, every trua has to have tkiya trua tkiya. You know the Gemara on Rosh Hashanah says why? So minatori, you're only supposed to do nine on Rosh Hashanah. That's all you need. Tkiya trua tkuah by the Malchias, by the Shofars, by Zechronos. Why do we do uh, thirty basically thirty daraisa? Because we're not sure what the trua is. Is it the uh, Yalule, like we do it, what we call it true, is it the Shvarim or is it both? So that's why we have the great number that we have. And the Rabbanan added on, uh, you know, connected the sister's mother, so we do 100. So instead of 30, it's on. But Midah Torah, all you need is literally nine blasts. Kia, Truat, Kia, Kia, Truat, Kia, Kia, Truat, Kia, that's nine. Okay. So everybody agrees, though, that normally, on, like on Rosh Hashanah, or even in the base of English, you do Kia, Truat, Kia. But since Rabbi Yehuda says, that it's one, and the Rabbanans say it's three, where is an Afkamina? So let's see. Shavi Mitzvah. Who does the following go like? You're not supposed to wait at all between Tki and Tkua. Now, Rashi learns, Some Rishonim learn, you're not even supposed to take a breath in between. Rashi says, uh, there shouldn't be, you shouldn't leave any space between Tkua and Tkia, just enough to take a breath. Who does that go like? Come on, Krabuta, who says that it's one. Tkia true is one, so that goes like Krabuta. So there's an Afkamina, not just in how you count, but a, a, like a halacha, an Afkamina. Rabuta says you're not supposed to do anything. According to other Roshonim, it's not even take a breath. According to Rashi, just a quick breath. So come on, that goes like Krabuta. Obviously, it's Pshita. The Rabbanans say it's three separate things. So when he says you can't take a breath in between or a very small breath, according to Rashi, that's all you could take. Isn't it obvious it goes like Rabbanus? the Rabbanus? It's not the same as the Rabbanus. It can even go like the Rabbanus say it's three separate things. When he says that there's not supposed to be any space between the Tkia, the time of the Tkia and Tkia, maybe that's to exclude from Rabbi Yochanan's Lachat If on Rosh Hashanah you heard that the nine blasts, meaning Tkia, that's one. Trua, another one. Then Tkiya again. Then again Tkiya. Then Trua. If you heard them in nine hours, you know, at the, from you heard one at 10 o'clock, one at 11 o'clock, one at 12 o'clock, your Yodzei, that Rabbi Yochanan says that's a big finish. So I might think he's just excluding from that. That's not good. You shouldn't have an hour in between each one. But the Rabbanan who say that they are separate, but they have to be close together, maybe it can be like the Rabbanan, Kamash Mullah, no, that uh, this goes like Rabbi Yehuda when he says, maybe, Maybe it is go like the Rabbanan, why, why, why wouldn't go like the Rabbanan? The Rabbanan don't say like Rabbi Yochanan, that you, uh, like Rabbi Yochanan, it could be in nine separate hours. They just say that they're separate things, but you know, you shouldn't have much space in between them. If you say, okay, fine, don't, don't spend any time between the Tkintra, don't wait. Do it as soon as you can afterwards. He says, can't even have anything according to other Rishonim. And according to Rashi, just a quick Nishima, that goes like a beauty, not like the Rabbanan. So that's what would be enough to mean in All right, we'll pick up from here tomorrow, everybody. Have a good day. Kol Tov. Shavua Tov.